0: Thank you guys so, so, so much for tuning into today's episode of the Worlds of Country Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. On today's episode, I'm joined by Lydia Sutherland to talk all about her musical journey, moving to Nashville, finding her crew around her, and so much more. Hope you guys enjoy this one. I know I really did. Talk to you guys on the other side. Hey, Lydia, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. What have you been up to lately?
1: Uh, well, I just got back from Calgary. Uh, we went back, well, I'm from Montreal, but my boyfriend lives in Calgary. So, um, we went back home for the holidays and, uh, yeah, just my first week back in Nashville, trying to catch up on work and writing songs.
0: What's it been like trying to catch up for you?
1: Uh, it's been a little bit overwhelming if I'm honest, but honestly just feels so good to be back. I feel like when you put, like creatives on break. Like I mean your your brain just doesn't stop. So the whole Christmas break, I was just anxious and excited uh to to get back to Nashville to you know start back up again. So it's been nice being back.
0: So when did you sort of know that music was gonna be the thing for you?
1: Um I think when I was like I started singing very, very young. Um I started singing around five years old. So um I've been taking singing lessons my whole life. But then um, just in high school, honestly, when I was like 15, 16, um, I was going through a really tough time with, you know, family struggles. And then I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. And so I started going to the music room at lunch. And I just started writing songs on piano. And I didn't know piano at the time. So I just taught myself how to play by ear. And then um, I couldn't find songs to relate to. Uh, like no one was writing really about like body image at the time or like, you know, father's leaving or just stuff like that. So I started writing the songs I needed to hear myself. Um, So that's kind of how I got started and knew that that's what I wanted to pursue.
0: You sort of used music as this outlet to, to basically as therapy to get yourself through stuff.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. That's how it started, and that's still the way it is. Honestly, like all of the songs I write are so brutally honest. Sometimes it's almost scary, but honestly, if I feel that way, people, others in the world probably feel that way too. So it makes me feel better.
0: That's that's crazy to think about how those most personal feelings and emotions oftentimes are the most relatable. At the end of the day, also.
1: A hundred percent. It's the more like I've heard this a million times, and I'm just starting to see it now. But like the more more personal you make a song, the more relatable it is. Yes.
0: So, <clears throat> at what point did you realize that music was something that could become more than just an outlet for you?
1: Uh, honestly, I don't even know. I still have a hard time realizing it now. To be quite honest, like it's crazy that I'm lucky enough to to be doing this every day. Um. But I would say in the last year or so, like when I started doing the back and forth trips to Nashville is really when it sunk in and I, I felt like I belonged here and I felt like I finally found my people. So I think that's when I realized.
0: How did you come to the realization that Nashville was the right place for you?
1: Um, I think like I come from a small town in Quebec, right? So um, around me, the scene is very French. The music scene is French, um, and so just being someone who like is pursuing, um, you know, a sound that's and a lyric that's in English. Well, I knew that I I wouldn't probably be there my whole life, um, but yeah, I think uh, I think coming to Nashville and just feeling relieved. It's like, and I was talking about this with a few of my co writers because everyone in nashville is from somewhere else like i think i've met two people who are originally from nashville um but i was talking about this with my co-writers and i was just like it's weird because when i left nashville i felt homesick when i was going back to my hometown and that to me is when i knew that this is where i wanted to live
0: when did you start making the trips back and forth
1: probably like around a year and a half ago like right after the pandemic um as soon as we could get out again and start traveling, that's when I started coming.
0: Uh, so and then what made you make the leap and make it uh, your permanent home?
1: Um, I think when I started getting publisher interest um, and seeing that no one would really sign me or make, you know, make the next move if I wasn't in this town. Um, and so that, and also just the fact that I had FOMO, like I always have FOMO. I would see my friends going out and doing things and writing with fun, cool people. And I was just like, why am I not there? Like, it just sucks so bad when you have to, you know, I'm like, oh, I just went home yesterday. So sorry, (laughs) I can't make it. Um, So that's kind of like what pushed me to the next step. Was there
0: any fear with making that leap or just excitement?
1: Um, a bit of fear. I mean, I think the fear behind it was like getting my first apartment, but I feel like I would have felt like that way anywhere in the world. Right. It's just, it's a scary feeling. Like, you know, I I, was my first time living on my own, like moving out of my mom's house. So I had to learn like the basic common adulting things. Still not sure I have everything down, but you know, you figure it out one, one day at a time. Right. Um, so that was my biggest fear, honestly. And also like just moving to a different country where everything is just different. It's like learning all over again.
0: What would you say is the, the biggest difference that you've encountered so far?
1: Uh, the biggest difference is doing my own laundry, I think, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Um, but in, um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like everyone that I've met so far in the U.S. is just very, very nice and I, I know that they say that about Canadians, but I think everybody is nicer here. I don't know. I think so. It's the first
0: know. time I've ever heard that.
1: Mate, like and I was talking about this with someone last week too, and she was like, Oh, like once you settle in, wait and see. <laughs> like Rogue Rage is a thing. And I was like, it's Okay. A honeymoon face. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. But so far so good. Um I'd say that's the biggest difference.
0: So how would you describe your your musical style for people out there that may not have heard your music before?
1: Um, I love to call the genre banjo pop. uh, (laughs) It's barely country, but also too country to be pop. So I'm just like on the line in between. Um, I love just writing honest lyrics. Like I love the basic country format to writing a song. I love the storytelling. And then I love messing with the production. So banjo pop is... 10 out of 10 the way I describe it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like these like the genre labels in general are just going out of style to begin with. So why not, why not invent your own?
1: A <laughs> hundred percent. There's like the lines are so blurred nowadays. Like I don't know what's what. All I'm doing is just writing and making music that's authentic to me. And wherever it wants to sit, you know, that's an industry thing. Um, the fans don't really care about the genre. The fans care about the lyric and what the song says. So You know, I'm I'm just rolling with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. At the end of the day, nobody, except for like really like diehard old timers, no one else really cares about genre lines at this point.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. Honestly, I love writing the you know like country country like classic country songs, but I feel like if I sang that, I couldn't sell that product. Like it would not be authentic, even though it's what I grew up listening to, right? But it's just not what I naturally gravitate towards for myself. It's
0: very hard to sell something that you're not at the end of the day.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what would you say have been <clears throat> some of the biggest lessons you've learned since you got involved in the music industry?
1: Um. Honestly, like everybody's going to have an opinion and everybody's going to think something different of you. So at the end of the day, just, you know, do what makes you happy and that'll attract the right people, the right team, the right whatever it is. Um, It's uh, it's tough because, yeah, like everybody has an opinion and everybody's is going to be different. And sometimes it takes a bit longer if you're doing whatever's outside of the box and you're not following, you know, the basic standards, but worth it at the end of the day.
0: You mentioned finding the right people to surround yourself with. What was the process like for you of finding that group of people that you could really trust and rely on?
1: Um, it was very rocky to be quite honest. I went through a lot of ups and downs in the past two years. Um, the first step I changed, uh, management. Um, and that was like someone I saw being with me for a very, very long time. Um, I have nothing but respect for her and, uh, it was a great journey with her, but that was the first like question mark I had where I was like, Oh, like, what do I do next? Like, I'm kind of like thrown out in the open. And so, um, it was honestly like, reaching out to people and people reaching out to me. And then, you know, as I said earlier, banjo pop, like it's not the easiest product to sell just because I'm so outside of the box. And so um, a lot of people wanted to make me country -er or they wanted to make me plain pop. And often people want to make me pop, which I understand uh, because it'd be more obvious, but it just doesn't feel right to me like country is my favorite genre i love writing country songs i love working with country artists and so um that was the biggest thing it was people changing me and me trusting them um and so that's why it took me so long to put out new music just because i was finding the right people and i was stuck in these kind of like back and forths with uh with the wrong people Um, but now that I've found my team, honestly, I wouldn't change, change it for the world. Like the journey I've had so far has been really amazing and nothing but lessons. So, um, I love my team now.
0: What would you say are the biggest influences for banjo pop?
1: For banjo pop. Oh my gosh. I love saying like, I, um, Julia Michaels goes country. Every time I go into like a writing session, that's how I pitch my style, um, I love her lyrics. I love her authenticity. So I'd say Julia Michaels, and then I'd say like JP Sachs as well is one of my favorites. Um, and then for the countryside to it, I love like Kelsey Ballerini and Carly Pierce and like all of those, like all of that newer wave, um, of female country artists and then Sam Hunt as well. I love the rappy lyric and I love, um, I just feel like he's his own genre as well, right? He paved the way for a lot, a lot of country artists and was so outside of the box. Um, so I love, I love them. I love Carter Faith. Um, that whole lane of people is amazing.
0: It's A little bit all over the place.
1: <laughs> 100%. So now you understand why my music is as well.
0: So on the the flip side of the lessons question that I asked before, what would you say have been some of the bigger challenges that you've had to face so far?
1: Um, bigger challenges. I mean, honestly, trusting myself. I'm a very insecure person from looks to what I think to just all around. Like I trust p- other people's opinion more than mine. And that's been my biggest issue in music and in my personal life. Um, So trusting myself, um, was the biggest thing. Um, and I can't say I, I do fully yet, but I know the difference between what's wrong and right. And that's the biggest thing I, when something doesn't feel natural to me, I won't do it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing I I learned. And that was the hardest, I guess.
0: Mm When it comes to trusting yourself, was it like an issue of not being able to stand up for yourself? Or was it more just not knowing if you were making the right decision?
1: I think it's like, yeah, the not making the right decision and also just the feeling of like not feeling good enough. Um, All around in music, as a person, like I just always have this internal struggle of being like, I could be better. And so other people probably know better because they see me from the outside. Right. and so I think that's where it came from, and it's still it's still a process, and I feel like that's something everybody struggles with naturally. Like we all fall into that same pattern, um, and so it's even more challenging when it falls into like your work environment because it just like it's I don't know it's yeah. something you always carry around, so it's weird, but kind
0: of could take over like your whole life if you if you let it.
1: Hundred percent. And you know, you start to notice your patterns, which, you know, at least now I'm self aware enough to know when it's coming from a place of insecurity. But yeah, that's where it came from.
0: Yeah. Kind of gotta tune out those internal thoughts a little bit and always. But, yeah. And it's so it's so hard to do, but
1: it is. That's why it's so important to surround yourself with people who are authentic and real, because they will call you out as soon as you're doing that and bring you back on the right path instead of trying yeah, to change you.
0: Also, if you surround yourself with the wrong people in those scenarios, it could get really, really, really bad.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. A hundred percent.
0: So um, I want to ask you a little bit about, about your music. So your latest single came out in November, Best Friend. Could you tell us the story behind that one and how it came together?
1: Yes, um Best Friend we like to call it a standalone single because it is so pop, but now I know not to post on TikTok songs that I wouldn't cut myself or that they're not my genre. Um but I love Best Friend. I wrote it about um my best friend Robin. Um and honestly it just came from a conversation we were having. I've never had like really close girlfriends before. Um just because I don't know. I, it never clicked. And so with Robin, um, this happened over two years ago, this was like a zoom, right? So it was over the pandemic. We were on FaceTime and she was telling me a lot of things. And I was like, wow, like, I'm not, I'm really not judging you right now. Like internally, I was like, I'm not judging you. I think you're really cool. And I was like, is this what having a best friend feels like? And so (laughs) That's kind of where where that idea came from. And I wrote it on Zoom with Aaron Pollock and um automatically posted it on TikTok and it did really well there. So um yeah, that's that's the first release. That's why it's out in the world. TikTok, TikTok,
0: TikTok. What a what a crazy world.
1: Yeah. It's an interesting place to be.
0: So was the TikTok world something that was easy for you to embrace, or were you reluctant
1: to jump on there um at first i was very reluctant um but you know it's a tool right i don't want to base my whole career off of tiktok i just want to use it like i use instagram or like i use facebook it's a place to connect and it's a it's a place where a lot of like it resonates with a lot of people and it finds fans which is amazing um but i'm still reluctant about posting on there all the time like i don't just want to base it there i want to put my time and my efforts into the right things and if it tiktok it is it is but you know it depends on the day
0: <laughs> you're right that it's it's just one tool out of many at the end of the day yeah 100% so um, what's next for you
1: um i have a single coming out in february which I'm very excited about it will be the first single out of the banjo pop line um it's uh well I guess I can say it I'm just I'm gonna say it whatever it doesn't matter it's called it's called look like your exes and it's a song I wrote um on one of my Nashville trips before I moved uh with Chris Yurchuk and Caleb Oksowski and um it's uh it's one of my favorite songs. So I'm filming a music video for that Friday. I'm really telling you everything right now. This is great. Yeah. Um
0: we could get in a lot of trouble,
1: <laughs> probably, but it's fine. It's not that big of a secret. I've been teasing it. So um, look like your exes is next. And then there is a lot, a lot, a lot of new music in the new year coming. Um, and also just I write for a lot of artists as well. So I have um Quite a few cuts coming out with people I'm really, really excited about. Um, so a lot of songwriting for me, a lot of songwriting for others. And yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to right now.
0: Sounds like sounds like a lot.
1: <laughs> so, yes, it's going to be fun, though. It's very fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's you have to remember the fun part of it. Otherwise. Always. <laughs> so I want to do a little rapid fire with you before I let you go, if that's cool with you.
1: Yeah. Let's do
0: it. Okay, so pancakes or waffles?
1: Pancakes.
0: you only have one food the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: Oh, my God, rice. I love rice. That (laughs) was
0: the most off-the-wall answer I've heard. (laughs) Not a bad one.
1: Great. It's great fried. It's great, I don't know, every kind of way, rice.
0: (laughs) If you could only listen to three songs the rest of your life, what would they be?
1: Oh my gosh, I suck at these. Um, okay. Like that by JP Sachs. Um, Little Did I Know by Julia Michaels, and Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Dream
0: Dream Venue to perform at.
1: Um I would have to say, well, it's a dream festival. Is that okay? Like,
0: We'll we'll allow it.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, Boots and Hearts, because it's close to home and it's in Canada and it's just so fun all the time.
0: Dream collaborator.
1: Julia Michaels.
0: (laughs) Would you rather never write a song again or never be able to perform again?
1: Oh, never be able to perform. I could not not write
0: songwriter at heart yeah <laughs> uh i had one more what was it oh books or movies uh
1: nah, movies but books if i have the brain power <laughs> <laughs> honesty is key
0: <laughs> very yeah <key. laughs> Well, thank you so much again for taking the time for this and for and for your honesty.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for listening.
0: <laughs> Have a great day.
1: You too. Thank you.
0: Hey, all Thank you guys so, so, so much again for tuning in. If you liked what you heard from Lydia, be sure to go check her out on social media and check out her music wherever you listen to music. If you liked what you heard from the podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And give us a follow on social media at Worlds of Country on all social media platforms. Thank you guys so, so, so much again. Talk to you guys next time.